What's up, y'all? It's B. Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. I know I've been delaying my shows. I went live yesterday to talk about some things as well, which will also be addressed in the show. But before we get into all of that, it is December 1st, 2022. I was about to say 2021. Lord have mercy. But anyway, it's the last month of the year. And we're still going to keep coming with the fire on Dangerous Sports Talk here. And if you aren't already, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DBDangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and the podcast on Spotify, right here on Spotify, and wherever podcasts are available. And I won't waste too much time. Let's get right into it. So, we're going to get into the NFL week. And I've been trying to follow the NFL like I usually do. And I think I'm doing a pretty damn good job. But this is week number 12. And we're just going to get started. Let's see. Were there any Thursday football games this week? This past week? Oh, duh. Okay, so we're going to get right into the Bills and the Lions. The Buffalo Bills beat the Lions 28-25. Also, Dallas beat the New York Giants, also a rivalry game, divisional rivalry game, 28-20. The Minnesota ugh, God, the Minnesota Vikings beat the New England Patriots 33-26. 20, then we got the Sunday games. The Carolina Panthers beat the Denver Broncos 23-10. The New York Jets are actually doing a damn good job this season. Beat the Chicago Bears 31-10. The Baltimore Ravens and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars ended up winning that game by 1, 28-27. The LA Chargers beat the Arizona Cardinals 25-24. The Las Vegas Raiders beat the Seattle Seahawks in overtime 40-34. The 49ers shut out the Saints 13-0. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the LA Rams 26-10. The Packers ended up losing to the Eagles 40-33. The Washington Commanders beat the Atlanta Falcons 19-13. The Miami Dolphins beat the Houston Texans 30-15. The fucking Cincinnati Bengals beat the Tennessee Titans 20 to 16 and the shock of it all the mighty Tampa Bay Buccaneers the Brady Bunch led Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall in overtime to are you ready for this are you ready for this the Cleveland Browns 23 to 17 and of course with me being in Ohio they're going to the Super Bowl blah 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 even though even though their damn record is 4-7, and seven, and they're third in the AFC damn North, you can't tell them that they're not going to the Super Bowl as usual. Also, my Pittsburgh Steelers got a win over the Indianapolis Colts, 24-17. So we had a couple shocks this week in the NFL, because I damn sure didn't expect the damn Browns to beat the pa- Patriots, Lord, to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of all teams. But what can you really do? 
any given Sunday, any given Monday, any given Thursday, anything can happen. So you never really know. Even though you can claim to know, in reality, you don't. But, 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 let's get into the Lakers. Now, while they have been playing better ball consistently, which nobody will give them credit for, the failures will always be more blown up than the damn progressions. Because just the other day, the Lakers had a 17-point lead over the Indiana Pacers. And things looked to be going the Lakers' way. They had a lead, so they decided to relax, which they've been year after year after year. And then somehow, some way, the momentum that they had was suddenly shot out of the air. By who? You might ask. Now, it might be hard for you guys to believe, but the king himself, Lahim James, he had an unefficient 21-point game. He took 22 shots and only converted eight. And in the fourth quarter, he went two for eight. And that killed the Lakers' rhythm at the end of this game. Because they even won by a game winner. And I shared that. I shared that game-winning shot in my stories. And as usual, per usual, nobody comes to me after any losses or wins. Because I make it perfectly clear. What they did and what they didn't do. As you guys know by now, I am not the type of fan to duck and hide from the obvious. You see shit just like I see shit? Why not call it out and embrace it? Because the Lakers have been doing this for years, even before he got there. Blowing these out of their asses and then wondering what the hell went wrong. If you are playing well and you found something that finally works for you guys... After starting the season 0-5, why would you want to fuck that up? Even Russell Westbrook put his ego to the side, and he accepted his role coming off the fucking bench. And when the Heat was hurt for those five games, the Lakers were winning those games that he was out. They pretty much went on a 5-1 game winning streak prior to the loss against the Pacers, and they won last night. Who did they even play against last night? Hold on. Ah, that's right. They played against the Blazers. And that's the thing they usually have trouble with. But the Lakers ended up winning that game. And also, Mr. Austin Reeves has been coming up. And in the last nine games, he's had 15. He's averaged 15.7 points a game. Field goal percentage. He is 61.6. Three-point percentage. 46.4, and he has a 92.7 free throw percentage. Now, seeing as though certain players are kind of aging at this point, and the Lakers really don't have anywhere to go when certain players leave the team, 
you would be a damn fool to let Austin Reeves walk when you see his numbers on the on the fucking come up. Because I've seen players like him like this in the past. Players like Jordan Clarkson. Players like Julius Randle. Players like D'Angelo Russell. Players like that. Yeah, you have to sacrifice them for the greater good to win now. But if you're really trying to develop players, you would keep him around and see where this can go. Because I know AD, I know Russ, and I know him aren't going to last forever. So, if you are smart, you will go back and really focus on Austin Reeves for the long haul. Because if you let him walk and he gets even better, the worst thing you can let him do is let him walk and seek his fortunes elsewhere. Then he becomes a fucking phenomenon in the league or becomes a somewhat successful player and a relevant player on another team. When you could have easily made him a deal to get him to stay in Los Angeles. So all I'm going to say is, Jeannie and Rob, appreciate the young players that you have who aren't Lahim. Because the franchise was here before him, it's going to be a franchise after him. So you better look towards the future because that right now, that's literally all the fuck you have. And with this last win, to take the heat off of that fucking game-winning loss, do what you need to do to win this game in the upcoming games coming up. Because as I stated, I always talk. I never shut the fuck up. And I know that irritates the shit out of people. And the more people talk shit, the more of an ass I'm going to act like. So believe you me. I'm ready. I'm ready for all the smoke. And speaking of the smoke. The Bulls have been underachieving this year. It has the talent. They have the potential, but they have nights where they can't get much going. Grant DeRozan might put up some numbers. Zach might put up some numbers. You got the young guys on the court doing what they got to do. However, when you lose a game like you did last night because they played against the Phoenix Suns and they lost 132 to 113 and Devin Booker torched them for 51 points in three quarters and the Bulls record is 9 and 12 now granted they have a better record I suppose than the Lakers do because wait let me see what is the Lakers record right now the Lakers are 8 and 12 so they're 13th in the Western Conference and like I said the Bulls are 9 and 12 so how can you really throw shade to Lakers when you're both on shallow grounds? Granted, your brand of talent might be a little bit different. You have younger players who are still finding their way in the league and still trying to find their rhythm and playing the playing in the NBA. Because you got young players like Nico is still there. Of course, you got DeRozan. You got Patrick Williams, who's still a young player. You have Kobe White. And you have literally... All these players who can be something. And the fans are so quick to write them off after rookie mistakes or young mistakes. Listen. Not every player that comes into the league is fully going to be ready for the NBA. Granted, they can be well equipped for it. You can come in mentally ready. 
You can come in physically ready. But there are some things that you're going to make mistakes on that's going to be your weaknesses. And it's up to that player in question if he wants to fix those things so he can be better at it. And that's what the Bulls players have to do. So, uh, I ask Bulls fans just to be patient. Because, damn it, I know Bulls fans, and I'm a Bulls fan as well, remember that. We still carry around those glory years of the 90s like they just happened yesterday. And coming with the franchise, that comes with the pride. You still hold on to the Derrick Rose years. And I still do as well. But there comes a time when you have to look at things for what they really are. And even though the Bulls have made strides and they have made moves to make them better, it's up to them to play better. Because you damn near have the same record as the Lakers. So while certain Bulls fans tee-hee and hee-hee about what the Lakers are doing or not doing, they're pretty damn silent about the Bulls losing damn near the same way the Lakers are. So I don't want you to tell me shit about the Lakers when the Bulls record is damn near the same way. But, nonetheless, Chicago, they know what their weaknesses are and they know what their inconsistencies are. So, um, please, fix it. And thank you. Also, in Boston, somebody else had a big night. In Mr. Jason Tatum, he scored 49 points against the Miami Heat in a win, 134 to 121. And of course, we know that Jason Tatum is a good player. And he is a serious MVP candidate right now. And I hope he stays healthy to last the entire season. Because I've seen one too many times when a a player is firing on all cylinders at the beginning of the season... And by the time you get to January, he's damn near gassed out and he ends up getting injured or something might happen. I'm praying that doesn't happen to Jason Tatum because I genuinely do like him as a player. Even though he plays for Boston. I don't call him first, what was it, future Laker or future any fucking thing. If he wants to stay in Boston and ball there, then stay in Boston. I'm still going to be a fan regardless. But... Yes, putting up big numbers like this and his favorite player is Kobe. I'm all the way here for this. I am absolutely here for this. And we got to talk about Lahim again. So Lahi called out the reporters about a picture of Jerry Jones. And it was a desegregation photo. And I see where he was going with this. Truthfully, I do. So, no one has really talked about Uncle Jerry's shit, his past shit. But their energy for Kyrie is so fucking different, it's not even fucking funny no more. Like, you wanted Kyrie to apologize immediately or he wasn't going to be playing. Tried to force his hand to get him to stay in the league. And he did what he had to do. And he don't, he made some donations here and there and pretty much completed the quote-unquote list that Brooklyn demanded that he finish until he could rejoin the team. (sighs) 
like that that whole thing with Kyrie just irritates me because like y'all got all that smoke for him for sharing a link but you didn't have that energy for the person that actually manufactured the documentary in question like it's just double standards it's double standards because nobody would dare question Uncle Jerry Jones about anything that he might have done in his past or shared in his past or whatever the hell might be. But the media always asks about what where the black athletes say. And I get it. I absolutely get it. If you're going to call out one person, then you better have the same energy for the next person. However, uh, let him... Do you see how your team is performing right now? Granted, they're better than what they were when they started. You're performing better at what you're doing right now. And I respect that. However, you are still in the bottom in a lot of things. Individually, your plus minus average is god fucking awful. 31 points last night or not. You still get the smoke for the shit that you caused. And your team is still 8 and 12. I wouldn't really be too concerned about other people's shit when your team is like this, but I should just appreciate greatness, right? As usual. But I wanted to share with you guys. Some really cool news. So Anchor, I'm sorry, Spotify showed my year wrapped. And that's pretty much, they show what accomplishments your podcast has made within the year you've been doing it. And it shows you that they appreciate what you're doing. And this shows me like, yo, like you've really been doing my doing your thing. Because even when I feel like the podcast isn't really growing the way that I would have liked it to in the time that I would want it to. This right here, like this, that's little cute slideshow that showed me like, yo, you've been making some silent moves. And it hasn't went unappreciated. So let's get into it. This year alone. I created 579 minutes of new content, which is 62% more of the other content creators in the sports category. And of course, the top country was the USA because the show was streamed globally, but I would expect the USA to listen to my show more than any, any other country. And on February 27th and March 5th, I had 293% more listeners compared to my average week. And I've seen that. I've seen a little bit of a spike in listens, which means the show is growing. And I absolutely love that. And Dangerous Sports Talk was in the top five most shared globally. And from my social media platforms, I'm not surprised by this. I had 40% shares on Facebook, 20% on Twitter, 20% on IG, another 12% in the direct links, I'm assuming that's on Instagram, 
and 6% in the other category. Also, I got the magic number 23. 23% new followers in this year alone. And for that, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, so very much for that because I try my damnedest to give you guys the best content that I possibly can every single time that I do a podcast, whether it's short, long, or otherwise. Like, I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for supporting Be Dangerous, for supporting Dangerous Sports Talk. And we're going to take this into the new year because this is my sixth year of doing this now. Yeah, I think it's six years now, but you guys made this possible. So for that, I thank my listeners so very much. I love you guys so, so much. Because without your listens, there would be no dangerous sports talk. Things wouldn't be moving the way that they are. And I'm hoping I can make it even bigger than I did this year. So I thank y'all for that. And on this note, I'm going to get my ass out of here and finally get this show up. As I stated at the beginning of the show, please follow me, Be Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at Dangerous, Dangerous Sports Talk, really? 5678. Please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Be Dangerous. Follow Dangerous Sports Talk right here on Spotify, Anchor, wherever podcasts are available. And follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page as well, because I do post, post the shows on there. So just in case you don't see them online or you miss or you missing notifications, yo, check it out on there, and I guarantee you the shows will be on there. Okay, I'm going to get my ass out of here. Thank you guys so much for your love and support again and again and again. And I love you guys. Thank you. Peace.